And again, I use this formula when I'm at senior bowl practices, for example, uh, and, and when I'm watching tape of these college prospects. How did you do in the big games? That's what really matters to me. That's what stands out. On this episode of Against the Grain, we'll break down the incredible 2020 NFL quarterback free agent class. Tom Brady going to be in there? We'll discuss. We are cutting against the grain. Against the grain. Against the grain. Against the grain. Now your host for Against the Grain. Against the grain. Here's Andrew Perloff. Welcome to the Against the Grain podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Perloff. I'm here with producer extraordinaire, Mario Miranda. Now, coming off a huge, and huge, don't look at me like that, victory for the Philadelphia Eagles over the New York Giants, possibly the game of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, it actually was a terrible game. It was raining all day in Philadelphia. 17-3 at halftime. Giants were leading. The Eagles couldn't get anything going. Then finally, we saw something we haven't seen in a long time. Carson Wentz actually played up to his capability. He had no wide receivers. He was out of one active wide receiver, Greg Ward Jr., former Houston quarterback who's been on the practice squad because Alshon Jeffrey got hurt. Uh, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside got hurt. So they had nothing going on. Wentz stood in the pocket, took hits, and kept on looking downfield. All year long, he's basically gone down every time the rush got into him. So he hung in there a little more. Mario, I know you've watched a lot of Eagles because you've been going out of Philly. You're looking at me like you disagree. I, I mean, I don't know how much I'd put that on Carson Wentz necessarily. So what do you put it on? Do you Boston put it on? Scott. He Boston looked Scott. like a sky. He looked like a stud. Yeah, yesterday. so here's a question with the Philadelphia Eagles. What do you blame? Carson Wentz, the wide receiver injuries. You know, Deshaun Jackson's been out since the early mm-hmm. season. Jeffrey's been in and out. Do you blame the coaching staff, which I think has been really erratic this yeah. year? I don't think there's any way you can uh, question that. Or, you know, do you just blame that they're not that good a team? Honestly, I think... I think you put a little bit on Carson Wentz. If you're going to get paid over $100 million to be a quarterback, you have to lift your team no matter what the circumstances are. Mm -hmm. And you don't score three points against that Giants defense. I don't care how bad the weather is. That was a poorly executed first half for the Eagles at home. You know, Eli was throwing the ball downfield in the rain Mm -hmm. and the the wind. So Carson Wentz, I, I put a lot of losses on him. I don't think he played that well against the Seahawks, against the Patriots. The Dolphins was on the defense. I don't know what happened there. But the Eagles all of a sudden find themselves in playoff contention. So I'm going to have a quick against the grain poll. Mario, do the Philadelphia Eagles make the playoffs, yes or no? Yes. I think they beat uh, the Cowboys in week week 16. Who's playing receiver? They're going to go pick up Jordan Matthews again, probably. Oh, no. (laughs) They're going to bring in Jordan Matthews again? (laughs) It's eventually someone's going to figure out that Zach Ertz is the only guy who can catch a ball. And why Zach Ertz doesn't run into the greenfield ahead of him. But did you see that play where he caught it with no yeah. one near and cut the wrong way? Yeah. Anyway, uh, the Eagles are interesting. I do think there is a scenario, and I'm going to go against the grain here, where the Eagles win a playoff game. Against so, who? Seattle. I think it's a team what? that comes back. If the Eagles can hold off the Cowboys, which I think is a giant if. Right now, the Cowboys are better. The Cowboys should come into Philadelphia and kick the Eagles' butt. Because I'm, the Eagles are injury depleted. You see that game against the Bears the other day? They couldn't. No, I mean, they, they were terrible. But did you see the Eagles-Cowboys game? I mean, they just ran right over them. I feel like those are two different teams than what they are now, though. Like, Wait, the Cowboys what? are nothing what they were week one. The Eagles just lost to the Dolphins. Well, they had a 28-14 second half lead. Yeah, but I think they're going to be coming off some momentum here. There okay. could be a resurgence. The funny thing about the NFC is it's so stacked 
that the loser of the San Francisco Seattle battle in the NFC West will have to come either the Cowboys or the mm-hmm. Eagles. Now, if you remember last year, the Eagles stumbled into the playoffs yeah. and beat the Bears, and they were right there with the Saints. That game could have gone either way. Yeah. You look at the Cardinals, I believe it was 2008. They won the NFC West at 9-7, and seven, and they just kicked. They, I think I've talked about this before. They beat the Eagles soundly in the title game. Then they were right there with the Steelers. You look at, I think it was the 7-9. and nine, Was it the... Seven and nine Seahawks beat the Saints in the playoffs. So I, I think that it doesn't matter. All this NFC East stink stock is ridiculous. If it was the AFC South, nobody would be talking about it. It's a down season. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a down season for them. But that they could win a playoff game. They could even potentially win two. You never know. But it's, I mean, I feel like it's the NFC East sucks. That's the narrative right now because going into the season, the Eagles and the Cowboys were one and two for, uh, you know, who, who was going to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. Right. So now, I mean, they're not playing. They're both under 500. So they just suck because they haven't met those high expectations. And that's a good extent. point. But maybe they have high expectations because they play in the NFC East, which is always in the media spotlight. That's mm-hmm. 100% true for the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. They're the number one story anywhere. Like, if you think about it, if this was playing out with the Texans, the Jaguars, the Colts, and the Titans, nobody would care. No. I mean, fact, people might not care. I mean, maybe we're giving East Coast bias. Maybe people don't care about the Eagles and the Cowboys. I know they care about the Cowboys. Yeah, no, they care. I mean, it happens every year. We, we every year we watch uh, the Texans and Titans in the first round, four o'clock on ESPN. Right? Yeah, nobody really cares about that. Yeah, and the Texans always find a way to lose those games. Okay, uh, another guy who always used to lose on that first Saturday, actually to the Texans twice, was Andy Dalton. Uh, listeners of this podcast. All of you out there, thousands and millions, know that I'm an Andy Dalton fan. Long story. Where does Andy Dalton go next year? Now, there's, I think there's a slight chance he stays in Cincinnati. Slight. As because a starter? I, you know, I don't know. As a bridge quarterback, they draft a guy and keep Dalton around, play him for half the season, then put mm-hmm. in the rookie. Kind of like the Giants planned with Eli Manning and Daniel Jones this yep. year. Happens all the time. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I don't, I'm not sure. Everyone says Chicago is a possible landing spot for him, but Mitchell Trubisky's there. I don't think Dalton wants to back him up. And they might, you know, Chicago's going to look at Bridgewater, Mariota, maybe Winston. Maybe Has Cam Trubisky Newton. proved enough? Um, I mean, he, I mean, he just beat the Cowboys, but before that, you look at him and everybody's, you know, get him out of here. He's the worst thing that's ever happened to Chicago. Yeah. No, Trubisky's so. a whole thing. That's a whole long discussion. We're going to have on an old friend, CBS Sports NFL senior writer, Jonathan Jones, and we're going to break down the entire class, Trubisky. Uh, we're going to talk about the high-end guys, like maybe Breeze. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a very interesting thing, but i got to be honest, I just do not feel like I have a handle on where Andy Dalton's going to play next year, because I just don't see the perfect fit, which worries me a little bit, because I want to see him continue to play. Mm-hmm. The bank, he didn't, by the way, he played very poorly against the Browns. He made some bad decisions. He seems to not want to run and risk his entire life for a 1-11 team. <laughs> but there are a couple of plays where he could have run for the first down. He's still putting up pretty good numbers. You know, one against the Jets two weeks ago. I just And I do think he's a very good NFL quarterback. I just don't know. There just aren't a lot of vacancies next year. Everybody's got a young quarterback, or they have one of these older guys, like it's Pittsburgh with Ben Roethlisberger, who they're not quite ready to let go of. Then you got some guys coming in from the draft. So it's a really, really interesting QB carousel. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm psyched to break it down with Jonathan. 
real quick, before I even get into that, I'll just ask you for one prediction, one that gets a lot of attention. Is Jameis Winston back in Tampa Bay? Mario Miranda, I ask you. Yes, I think he is. What's your reasoning? I don't, what else is out, out there that's better than him at this point? I mean, are they going to get a high draft pick to get one of those guys? Probably not. I mean, Teddy Bridgewater? Mm. Honestly, what are the Bucks going to do with Jameis Winston? They've done the same thing every time. He's terrible in the beginning of the season. Then once they're eliminated from the playoffs, he gets red hot and racks up a million yards and touchdowns. Yeah. And he still throws touchdowns. They can't keep doing this. Maybe they want to give him another year under Bruce Arians. I mean, they can't. It doesn't Bruce, matter. The, the, the been, quarterback whisperer, Bruce Arians. They've been in the same place with him for several years now. And it's not all on him, but they just are not winning enough games. You know, there's what's the upside? If, if they bring back Jameis, are you predicting them to go to the Super Bowl? Of course not. No. You'd be crazy. No. Let's, Let's look, look at their record over yeah. the last few years since Jameis has been there. Okay. Uh, last year, they were 5 and 11. The year before that, 5 and 11. The year before that, 9 and 7. And the year before that, 6 and 10. Then 2 and 14. So they had a 9 and 7 year in 2016. Uh, I don't think they reached the playoffs that year. Uh, they, it's been a real long time. Their last playoff game was 2007. It's time for a change, it's time for a new direction. But that's why we're going to talk to Jonathan Jones because we're going to try and break down that situation and everything else around the NFL. Let's jump right into it. Jonathan Jones from CBS. All right, Jonathan. You know, if when I think of Cam Newton, I immediately think of you because you've been in Charlotte for a while, and I always found him a hard quarterback to evaluate. Is it done with the Panthers? Is it still TBD with the Panthers? And if he's not going to be a Panther, where is Cam Newton going? Yeah, so the thing that I've been saying, Andrew, is that it's more likely than not that Cam is not a Carolina Panther next year. And so, listen, you can talk yourself into both scenarios. But here's the thing, is that you have uh, an owner in David Tepper who is not tied really to Cam. There's no sentimentality there. He didn't draft him. He didn't grow up with him, et cetera, et cetera. And now you have Cam who has been banged up for the better part of the past two seasons. He has, he still has the shoulder and they don't know if that's going to be a chronic issue or not because he only got through two games this season. Now he has the foot. He had an ankle before he's had some ribs. He's had a back. And so all of these things have happened when it wasn't that long ago that we were talking about Cam and like, Oh, he never even missed a practice. Now he can't even make it through September. Uh, And so because of all of these issues, I think that you're going to have a Panthers team that's going to look at it. They're going to have a new head coach, obviously, what does that coach want? Does he want a fresh guy? Does he want uh, a vet? Does he want Cam? How is the salary cap going to work with this? And so when you consider everything, there are more reasons to believe Cam will not be a Carolina Panther. And I'll say this, when you look at the free agent quarterback market that I know we're going to dive into, if you, if you don't believe that Tom Brady is really going to be out there, if you don't believe that Dak Prescott is really going to be out there, what you're left with is a group of guys that – Ultimately, Cam is number one or number two, arguably behind Teddy Bridgewater, who has his own injury history. And so then you have a guy who is the best trade ship out there. One year, very manageable cap at around $19 million, where if he plays well, if he proves that he's not chronically injured in 2020, you can then really cash in on him with a major uh, second contract uh, with him after the or during the 2020 season. Wait, I didn't even remember he had a back issue? I mean, that's incredible, that list you just gave me. Yeah, no, he flipped his truck, and uh, yeah. he had the transverse process with his back. So, oh, my yeah, he's gosh. He's had a number of things since 2014, yeah. 
can he be a mobile quarterback again? Do you see that happening like the way he used to be? I think that he has to use it because it is such a key part of his game. I do believe that he absolutely transformed into a pocket passer. Yeah. Um, there, I don't think there's any doubt about that. Will he be as prolific a runner uh, and rusher as he had been? No, absolutely not. And I think there are any number of reasons for that. But I still think that he can go out there and get you 500 yards rushing in a season, no doubt. Do you think the league's different in terms of mobile quarterbacks right now? I remember a playoff game. I think it was after the Super Bowl year against San Francisco when they, or uh, there was a San Francisco playoff game and there was a Denver Caesar opener where they were taking shots at Cam anytime they could. But I don't Mm -hmm. see them really trying that with Lamar Jackson. Maybe they can't get to him. Do you think the league has gotten um, better at protecting quarterbacks than when Cam was at his peak? I think so. I think the thing that was really working against Cam was, number one, he did not get down very well. So the best guy who, who in the NFL at getting down is Russell Wilson. I still see Lamar take a lot of shots. I see Deshaun Watson take more shots than anybody, and he has to learn. And, you know, coincidentally, Deshaun was Cam's first quarterback on his first seven-on-seven seven team. So they've been tight for a very long time, and you would think that if Deshaun has been watching Cam for so long, he would know, hey, don't take these unnecessary shots, even though he's taking a lot of necessary shots with this offensive line over the years. Um, but also working against Cam was just his, his, his size, was that at 6'5", sure. 255, 260 he was up to before his vegan diet. Um, you know, he would take a hit and it didn't seem like it would phase him. Whereas, you know, you, you tackle Drew Brees above the, the chest bone and it's over. So, right. uh, Same with that, Josh that Allen, right? Same right. with Josh Absolutely. Allen and Carson Wentz, these big quarterbacks who move well. And Trubisky is not quite that big, but they're huge targets out there. I feel like Wentz and Allen particularly, there's no way they can run at the rates that they started out at, at least. No, I'm, certainly Allen. I think Allen has a better chance. Wentz. You know, obviously he's he's been banged up, but he also he doesn't have a lot of girth on him. You know, he's, sure. he's tall, but he he doesn't have the girth on him that Josh Allen or certainly Cam has. So he does not have the sort of protection. That's the one thing I talked with uh, Lamar Jackson's personal quarterbacks coach a couple weeks ago, Joshua Harris down in Florida, and he said, "Listen, I was as shocked as anybody else. You remember when he threw out the first pitch at the Orioles game uh, this off season after they lost to to the Chargers, and all you could see was how." Lamar's neck was. Yes. He really got into the weight room. This is not the the little spindly kid that we saw at Louisville. Meanwhile, though, Carson just doesn't have a lot of bulk on him to take those kind of hits. That's so interesting. I actually made a total guess that Lamar Jackson's put on 40 pounds since he was on the Dan Patrick show in New York for the Heisman ceremony. Is that, do you think that number is possible? I think he's so much bigger than he was, especially before the draft. He's definitely thicker in the middle. His arms aren't that much larger. 40 would be surprising to me. 40's big, you're right. Yeah, but 25 to to 30, whether all that's muscle or not, but he's absolutely thicker than he used to be. Yeah, I remember when he came in for the Heisman ceremony and you met him without any pads on. I was like, you know, he is definitely not a huge guy. Uh, But getting back to that girth thing, I think it's a little overrated because, like you said, Cam, Cam is gigantic. But it doesn't matter. Eventually, they're, you know, if you take enough hits, you know, anybody, Peyton Manning was gigantic and his neck gave out. Like, I don't think size protects you from injury in any way. When I was, you know, I grew up in Philly and watching Donovan McNabb, he was a big, big guy, but he would just get non-contact injuries or some little thing would happen. The more you run, the more danger you're in. Right. And, and maybe the, the size doesn't protect you from all injuries, but, but. it helps. It, it, I think it does help 
where if, if, for example, if Russell Wilson took the hits that Cam was taking in 2012, 2013, yeah. I don't know if we're talking about Russell Wilson, potential MVP mm, contender in 2019. True. true. Uh, Russell, by the way, he's, he's another guy who's gotten a lot bigger. He's, he puts in some weight room time. But let's, uh, let's break down the free agent class. Uh, I'm going to say a name, and just I'm not going to hold you to any of these. Just give me your first instinct on where they might end up next season. I'll start with guys you know, who may not make the free agency class. Sorry with Tom Brady and the Patriots. By the way, I got a tweet suggesting that watch out for the Panthers because Josh McDaniels and Brady will go down there as a, as a package deal. Do you think there's any chance Brady's out of New England? I do think that there is some chance that Brady is out of New England. I certainly think that that chance intensifies if he doesn't get a two- or three-year extension with the Patriots, that they offer him, hey, here's a one-year deal at $22 million. Uh, we're going to keep uh, doing this this dance with you as we've done the last couple years. Then I think that he could absolutely be out. I do understand the package deal with a, uh, Josh McDaniels and Nick Casario. What what would be interesting, I Brady – Brady, I, I still think, needs to go somewhere familiar, whether he teams with Josh McDaniels or he goes to a Miami where things are, are you know, familiar with so many Patriots down there. Mm. Uh, you know, obviously, you, you think of a Tennessee, and it seems like Ryan Tannehill is really carving out his spot with the Titans. Um, but I do think that a level of familiarity is going to be important for Tom Brady if and when he leaves. Uh, Chargers is a name that gets thrown out a lot. I can't think of, is there any real Patriots... Going, stuff going on with uh, the L.A. Chargers. I can't think of anyone off the top of my head. Uh, no, and that would be a huge boon for the Chargers, obviously. But I, yeah. I think Chargers gets thrown out also because of the California ties. Gotcha. Uh, okay, Drew Brees. Do you think he has another year in New Orleans? Uh, whew. I did not think that before Sean Payton signed his extension. I okay. felt that they would sort of kind of go out together because there is no New Orleans Saints once Drew Brees leaves. Uh, I think if, if he does have another year, obviously Teddy Bridgewater isn't going to resign there. It, it, it would Wait, is that obvious? Is that for sure that they wouldn't do one year of Breeze with Teddy knowing that he is the quarterback in waiting? Well, I think that that was this year. Like okay. At some point, Teddy, Teddy wants to get out and, and, and you know, be a starter again. But where? So that's, that's what. But where well, is I mean, he? he could, yeah. He could go any number of places. So, okay, we all believe that Cincinnati is going to take Joe Burrow, right? Right. Um, there is Tampa, who they may or may not do anything with Jameis. There's obviously Carolina. There's a mm. Chicago, which, listen, Mitch Trubisky, he, he had a very fine game this previous week. All that was well and good. He's still not airing the ball out. Everything is still right in front of him. So, like, I don't want to take too many things away from him because it was finally a good game. He was finally out there <laughs> able to run. But, like, that doesn't, you know, all of his problems aren't fixed just because he had one decent game. Yeah. Um, but, no, I think I think Teddy's ready to, to be a starter. That's what this year was for. And then also, remember, Drew Brees won the Super Bowl down in Miami. The uh, Super Bowl is, is now here in Miami. He's about to uh, hold every passing record there is. He's going to break. Peyton Manning's passing touchdowns record probably this week against the Colts. So, okay, well, it's it's time. They win the Super Bowl in Miami. He rides off into the sunset a la Peyton Manning 2015. Gotcha. Well, we mentioned a bunch of other names. Uh, so let's talk about Chicago for a second. Is it possible, I, I think contractually, they could keep Trubisky. Then do you bring in, what if you brought in, say, Teddy Bridgewater or Mariota? Is it a possible like to have both those guys there either competing for the job or have Trubisky be the backup? I think at that point, you definitely, yes, I do. And you can certainly do it from a cap space. Uh, you know, just like you, you use the, 
the rookie quarterback right. or the quarterback on his rookie deal to build your team around. It also allows you to bring in a guy uh, that's going to be a big cap hit. Look at the Cardinals last year. That's why they were able to bring in Sam Bradford when they had Josh Rosen there. Um, and so I could see that happening. Obviously, a couple weeks ago at the trade deadline, there was a lot of noise and talk around uh, Chicago making a trade for Cam. The issue with Chicago is because of the Khalil Mack trade, they don't have a lot of draft capital. Yep. So if they're going to get a veteran, they can't get a top-tier guy like a Cam, I don't think, because they don't have enough to give back in return. I wonder if they can afford Bridgewater. With I, you know, I, I was wondering if a Mariota might be safer, somebody who's not not considered definitely a starter level player, but has upside because I don't know. I feel like I can't see Bridgewater and Trubisky because then you have Trubisky breathing over Bridgewater's back. I feel like it might be more of a two headed thing, but I have no idea. Like you said, they have no draft. Andy Dalton. Yeah. Everyone says Andy Dalton there uh, is, is that's it. Okay. That's my next question. Where does Andy Dalton land? If he gets cut loose by Cincinnati. And you have to imagine that he is going to be cut loose by Cincinnati. You think that Cincinnati has to hit a full-blown reset. Well, what if, so and you, but what if they look at Chase Young with the number one or, say, number two pick and say, you know what, we need defense. You know, they des- they're the worst defense in the league two years running now. What if by some miracle they end up at number two and they can't, they can't draft Joe Burrow? Is there any chance that they'll go either Andy Dalton or some veteran route? So... That's a great question. It's difficult. First of all, you hope that the ownership with the Bengals understands that you have to hit a full reset. Yeah. Number one. Number two, A.J. Green is not going to be with the Cincinnati Bengals in 2020. No. So if you don't have A.J. Green, if you're going to do this dance again with Andy Dalton, Oof. I don't know what Chase Young gets you in 2020 or 2021. Yep. And so if if they happen to fall to two, I think then they have to use – whatever they can to to get up with the Giants and get that number one pick and get Burrow just because they you have to do something to re-energize this fan base uh, and 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 just hit a reset. I hope that they understand that. No, you're right. I mean, the I don't know. Have you, have you been to Cincinnati this year? It looks empty on TV. Well, no. So here, here's the story that I always tell. I was there last year for training camp, and they had their, their annual scrimmage on the Saturday in the stadium. You know, all of 4,000 people showed up. And you'd see a play happen, and you'd look for the replay on the video board, and they did not have a video board operator to show replays. What? And, what it, and you know, yes, and the Bengals are historically, historically cheap, and that was my that was my heads up. They're like, oh my gosh, did they not pay for a part time video board operator? You know, their scouting staff is the smallest in the NFL, so it makes sense that they would either go with the obvious top quarterback or the obvious best player in the league, which is Chase Young. And they just cannot screw this up. Stop winning Cincinnati Bengals. It's so weird that they had that little run. You know, I think we've talked about this. I'm a big Andy Dalton fan. That they had a draft where they took A.J. Green in the first round and Andy Dalton, and they took Geno Atkins in the late round, and they made some Carlos Dunlap. They made a bunch of good picks for a while, but then it's turned south recently. I mean, the line... The, uh, they drafted all these left tackles that didn't work out. They drafted Jonathan Ross, was a, I think a really bad pick, as it turns out. Uh, yep. yeah, and you know, but I argue if they'd ever gotten a, a 16 games of Tyler Eifert, AG, AJ Green, and Andy Dalton, they had some weapons. There was a window for Cincinnati to be good, right? Or am I imagining that? No, you're not imagining that. And they just couldn't get over the hump in January. But also, the the one guy that you're not mentioning in this, of course, is Marvin Lewis, who was criminally underrated. And I think we're seeing that right now. I understand that Zach Taylor is in his first year and things are tough over there. But Marvin Lewis put, I mean, first of all, they did have, for a number of years, 
top to bottom, I think their 53 was probably the best 53 top to bottom in the league for a two- or three-year stretch. Let's also not forget that their, their wide receivers that they had with A.J. Green, they also had Mohamed Sanu, uh, you know, right there in his prime before he was yep. uh, went to Atlanta trying to be that number one or, or solid number two guy. So they drafted really well. Marvin Jones Jr., to too. Marvin Jones Marvin Jr. Jones, was exactly. right there. Yep. And so, like, Marvin Lewis deserves a lot of credit. And, hey, this coaching cycle is coming right back up. And maybe, just maybe, the NFL owners are going to say, hey, maybe all of us looking to try to find the guy who was in, in a Starbucks line with Sean McVay, maybe we should look at the Jim Caldwells and the Marvin Lewises and the Ron Rivera's of the world. Who, Okay, things didn't end up the way that they wanted to, but they were really damn good when they were there. Yeah, I mean, Zach Taylor's making Marvin Lewis look like, you know, Bill Belichick. There's, they do, I watch a lot of Bengals. They do everything wrong right now. I clearly give Zach Taylor a break because it's his first season, but they're not well coached as a team right now. Okay, a very interesting situation. Tampa Bay and Jameis Winston, you know, you get the good and the bad. All these yards, all these touchdowns, but all these interceptions, are they going to commit to him again? Right? Okay. Like you cannot give him a long-term deal. It's, it's the fact that at this point in his career, five years in, he does not value the football. And it's a very <laughs> basic thing. Like, he just does it. He'll, he'll, he'll just throw the ball away. He'll give it to the other team. He's, he's done it since Florida State. It has never been corrected. And so, I honestly, I don't care about the yards and I don't care about the touchdowns because really, like, someone who is a step above Kyle Allen can get you yards. So, like, and I don't mean to say that Jameis Winston is a dime a dozen. He's not if he could cut out the turnovers, but that mitigates it. That mitigates what he brings to your team. And so that's why you you cannot – at this point, you've done all this. You've done the four-year number one overall pick. You've done the fifth-year option. I don't know how you can look at him and say, all right, we're going to give you three years at 25 per. You just can't do that if you're the Bucs. I agree. So what what kind of quarterback would they look for, uh, assuming it's Bruce Arians is still the head coach? And you'd have to believe that Arians will be uh, still the head coach and, you know, he can get his hands on somebody, really be that quarterback whisperer. At that point, I think you start looking at the draft. Yep. Uh, is, is a Herbert going to, to be there? That makes perfect um, sense. Right? Yeah. If the Bucks continue to, to be in a, around the top ten, maybe they could get to the top seven and, and be in line for a Justin Herbert. And then one of, like a bridge quarterback, um, like a Ryan Fitzpatrick type. I mean, is that you can't Flacco, just have? Justin. I mean, that's a, that's yeah. a name that we haven't discussed. Yeah, I, I was. I have that on my list here. Is Flacco out there right. next year? I, I, he has to be right. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, what about Philip Rivers, a North Carolina guy, North Carolina State rather? I know you at the UNC, so I want to make that right, clear. That's right. Uh, do you think Rivers has anything left in the tank for one of these teams? Gosh, it, you know, first of all, it doesn't seem that way. You know, I mean, the, the balls that he's throwing really do look like 2015 Peyton Manning out there, don't they? And especially him in the two-minute has, has just been draining. So, you know, is this it for Phillip? I don't know. I'm not willing to, to necessarily stick a fork in him. It does seem that way. But where will he go with as large a family as he has? We understand that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, right? I mean, he's, he's doing this this mobile van thing for his film, for his film study. So then you start looking at, okay, well, where would he go? Would he go to a New Orleans where, you know, he's from that Alabama area, I believe, or Mississippi. I don't know. It all runs together for me. Uh, would he go somewhere that's close to his hometown? Obviously, a Charlotte would make sense with his four years at North Carolina State. But outside of those two things, where would Philip Rivers go that he has strong ties to while he's moving to his family of, what, 10? Yeah. So, I, you know, I think that it's very limited. And then when you multiply that by – how poorly he's played this season. I don't know how many takers there are going to be. 
Is he a big deal in Charlotte in any way? Uh, no. No, but okay. He did, so the ties were just <laughs> no, college. I, yeah, right. And, you know, it, that's up in Raleigh. That's two and a half hours away. I understand that I'm a, Carol, a, a UNC guy, so I'm saying, listen, I got a lot of love and respect for Philip Rivers and how he carries himself. But, no, here in Charlotte, where I'm literally broadcasting from right now, I, I don't think this city could care less if, if he comes here over someone else. Side question. Is there any program that puts out better pros and has had less success to show for it than the North Carolina Tar Heels? I'm just going to say it. There's so many good pros that come out of there. How have they not put it together with a title run? Well, I'll tell you this, you know, they almost had that title run in 2011 with Butch Davis. And yeah. So, you know, in order to have that title run, they had to do some things that weren't exactly in line with NCAA. <laughs> I, will, I, I see what you're saying about the North Carolina Tar Heels, and I will raise you the North Carolina State Wolfpack yeah. uh, program that has, let's count them, uh, Mike Glennon, Philip Rivers, Russell Wilson, Jacoby Brissett, and a year of Ryan Finley. And really all that they have to show for it over the span of those five quarterbacks in about 20 years is a, is a Gator Bowl victory over Notre Dame. They still, in, a, in almost 100 years, have one 10-win season in the entire history. And now they have produced five NFL quarterbacks? Nah, I'm going to raise you on that one. Wow, look at that. You know, it's one thing if you're going to go after Duke basketball, but I, you're lowering yourself to go after the NC State Wolfpack. Unbelievable. I wouldn't, say, I, don't, I wouldn't say I'm going after them so much as I'm just espousing facts. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to hear from my friend Will Brinson on this one. He's going to not like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, uh, other free agents, a couple more here. Do you think Derek Carr is the quarterback when the Raiders move to Vegas next year? That's a tough one. I think that right. he and the Raiders are absolutely that wild card. Yep. He's played just well enough for John Gruden in just enough games to where I could see it happening. Like if he had some Mariota-like season, then I say absolutely the, the Raiders can get anybody they want. Let's see Tom Brady and Giselle out in the desert. But now it's it, – I mean, I could, you could flip a coin and I could tell you – I could argue both sides. Yeah, isn't it weird? It's uh, like he's just good enough to believe in him. You know, I think, you know, you know how Gruden is. He's a little weird with his quarterbacks. I could see an Andy Dalton, Andy Dalton being a, like a Rich Gannon type there. Um, I could see him going to the wanting, really wanting to draft somebody this year. You know, because he hasn't really had a chance to develop his own guy yet. A uh, couple more, Dak Prescott. Is he obviously he's going to get a big deal in Dallas? I, I does he belong on a free agent list to be? I don't think so, just because it's so obvious that Dallas cannot lose him. I don't know if he necessarily has the Cowboys bent over a barrel, but he's going to get his money. Okay, Jaguars, are they They're kind of stuck financially a little bit with Nick Foles? I think it would hit them about 15 to $20 million if they cut him, and they have Minshew Mania. Is there any chance they bring in a third guy into the mix, an Eli Manning with Coughlin? I have no idea what they would do. Well, or are they stuck? Yeah. You, you mentioned Eli, so they are a little bit stuck because of this. We all thought that they had gotten it figured out with Nick Foles. I, I was pounding the drum for Nick Foles to Jacksonville, and I'm, not, you know, his entire career. And you know this very well. It's very up and down. Sure. One game he's terrible. The next game, you know, it's 350 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. And so I, I think that they might have pulled the plug on him a little bit early. I still want to see more out of Gardner Minshew. I wouldn't be surprised at all if they go into next season with those two and really only those two competing for the number one job. But you mentioned Tom Coughlin. I'm not sure Shad Khan is, is going to keep Coughlin and, and Marone. And I think if you let go of Marone and how they were all on thin ice last year, how this season has already been a disaster for them, uh, I'm not sure Tom Coughlin's sticking around. I know you're really super busy in the in the heart of the season, playoffs, Super Bowl planning. 
it's going to be an interesting offseason with all these guys we're talking about and sort of a juicy draft, a lot of wide receivers, quarterbacks, maybe some CBA stuff. Have you thought at all about right. what this – you probably can't in your job, but have you thought at all about what this offseason might be like? I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Oh, no. I think about it all the time. I think about, first of all, the the coaching cycle that's going to come through that we touched on earlier. I think that we're going to see some, quote-unquote, retreads more than we're going to see first-timers. I think that that's going to be a course correction. I think that we are going to, uh, when we talk about the quarterbacks, we talk about a lot of these free agent quarterbacks and potential free agent quarterbacks that are going to be coming in. Well, there's also going to be a lot of teams. We've talked about all these teams. Usually, there are only like five teams that need a quarterback. Three of them take care of it in the draft. And then the other two take care of it in free agency. Now we have theoretically eight to 10 teams. We're talking about the Patriots, talking about the Saints, talking about the Chargers, these longtime teams that we never had discussed before. Um, And so that stuff's interesting. We talk about, and we haven't discussed this, but Christian McCaffrey is coming up on his fourth year. He's obviously the bell cow with the Carolina Panthers. Clearly their MVP. Does he hold out for a contract? How is the CBA and the next CBA going to affect uh, these guys? And is the in, the influx of television money going to really boost up that salary cap? And are they going to look to get paid after the new CBA? Or do they want to get paid before in this current CBA? So a lot of things are really interesting to me. And I think that we're starting to touch on it a little bit with Tua. Does he want to stay in there and rehab? at Alabama and then come out under the new CBA. I, I, I think too it needs to come out because I still think he'll be a top five pick. Um, but no, that it's a lot going on. This NFL offseason is going to be really interesting. Yeah, I'm always a go-out guy. You know, like Justin Herbert stayed. He probably, if you look back on it, I don't think he really achieved anything this year by staying in Oregon. Uh, so I, I'm a, especially to him because with that health risk, you got to start getting paid. It is really just to see that hip injury. We thought he was done with football there. So you really still think top five. I worry the teams are going to just look at both ankles, the hip and say, I, I think he's spectacular. Like he's number one by far to me, even over Burrow, if he was fully healthy, but I worry so much about the health. Okay. But if look, you are correct and it's only because the dolphins are in a unique situation mm-hmm where they could still roll with a Fitzpatrick. They could go with a Rosen next year if he's not ready to play. You use the fourth overall pick with him, uh, you know, which I think they're slated for right now. Then they still have what I think is projected to be the 20th and 24th overall picks. And so maybe you package some of your draft capital, move up in the first round, like I thought the Raiders probably should have done more of last year. And you can do that where you, your, your luxury pick is your fourth overall pick, and you go out and you get to it just like you wanted to in the beginning. You just got him a little bit later. You won a couple games. Everybody feels good about it. And you can still get some of the pillars of, let's say, your defense at 20 or at 15 or so if you want to move up. So that's, that's what I see that it only works really with the Dolphins because of, of their their massive amount of picks. Yeah, you know, it's interesting, too. It's just such a crazy, rich wide receiver draft. They can get us like a potential star at 2024, even wait till the second round and get a starter. So that can you picture, I mean, I'm already imagining somehow ending up with Tua and Jerry Judy or Tua and Henry Ruggs and bringing the party uh, back to Miami. Uh, I, I love your theory. And, you know, it's like the Giants with Daniel Jones. Six was way too high for Daniel Jones, but that's kind of what you have to do at quarterback, right? That is what you have to do. And if he's your guy, then he's your guy. And ultimately, it's not going to wind up mattering if if you got him at six or if you got him at, where were they, 15 with, with Dexter Lawrence or wherever it 16, was? 16. Oh, no, 17, right, 17. 
Yeah. Like, I mean, if he's your guy, then he's your guy. Like we all, like no one really ever talks anymore about Lamar Jackson was drafted by the Ravens, but they got Hayden Hurst before him. Like it's a fun yeah. little like bar trivia question, but the fact is the Ravens got Lamar Jackson. And they got him in the first round. Uh, so that's kind of that. Well, people do say like the Ravens can't claim complete genius status for taking Lamar Jackson because they pass on him at 18. I got, I think that's funny, but because well, you know, no, like, and- yeah, and it is, but also the entire league was ready to pass up on him, and and you know, the, so yeah, not complete genius. I'll tell you this: as we keep talking about uh, looking for the next Sean McVay uh, in NFL coaching, why doesn't anyone ever say we need to be looking for the next Ozzie Newsome? Oh NFL yeah, coaching? he is. Uh, it's unbelievable. Forget Lamar Jackson. How they keep reforming that defense for what two decades now? Unbelievable. Right. The players that go through there. Um, you know, that being said, I think that the organization, I think he left a, a solid base. I think they're still making great decisions. Um, yeah, Eric DaCosta has been fantastic. Yes. You know, you got Harbaugh as a potential coach of the year candidate, but DaCosta has been great. And then they had a ton of injuries back in October, and that they were able to make the Marcus Peters trade, that they were able to get some of those guys healthy and, and, and figure out this defense. They've been one of the league's best defenses over the last nine or so weeks. And that's a credit, obviously, to the personnel that they already had in place, but also what DaCosta has been able to do, having been in the wings of and under the wing of, of Ozzy for so long. Yeah, and I mean, Marlon Humphrey is... I, he, actually, I knew about him in the offseason because he would torture Andy Dalton. For a young guy, he's incredible. They're, they're a great team. Uh, you know, it's interesting, too. You get special teams coaches, John Harbaugh and Bill Belichick, and then you get your old school, like your Andy Reid in there and your Pete Carroll in there. Forget these Sean McVay types. I love what you said. I like, give me a Ron Rivera type. This is a, give me a, a defense special teams guy. But you know, the owners are still going to look for the Lincoln Rileys and the, uh, you know, the young offensive guys. Of course they are, and that's not a surprise. I just think, and again, I use this formula when I'm at senior bowl practices, for example, uh, and, and when I'm watching tape of these college prospects. How did you do in the big games? That's what really matters to me. That's what stands out. But when Aaron Donald was at the senior bowl, everybody's like, well, he's a little undersized. And I'm like, he's beating everybody on every single yeah. rep every single day. It's obvious that this guy is really, really good, and I don't care what his size is. As far as these coaches, like – I don't care how how much air raid that they did and how many yards that they got and all that stuff. What matters to me is did they win in the games that it actually mattered? And and, and so when I see that, when I see Ron Rivera who has the winningest, uh, you know, stay in Carolina, when I see what Jim Caldwell did with both the Colts and the Lions, and then when I see exactly what Matt Patricia is doing with the Lions right now, why don't you want these guys as your next head coach? I totally agree with you. Uh, although, I, Cliff Kingsbury's done an okay job with Arizona, don't you think? Um, I mean, it's it's been nice and flashy, but like it's ultimately like how many more wins do they have right now than than when they had with Steve Wilkes, who was given the offensive coordinator that he had to be paired with when he had oh, a quarterback who is who is far less than Kyler Murray, and we know that he's far less than Kyler Murray because the exact same people who drafted Josh Rosen sent him away for almost nothing in order to get Kyler Murray. So, you know, like, honestly, their their successes are almost equal to me when you consider all that. I totally agree with that. Uh, Jonathan, why don't you tell people where they can find your work these days? Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah. So uh, I'm on Twitter at jjones 9 
Uh, you can find my work online at cbssports.com and then uh, always on CBS Sports HQ, which you can find online all the time. Yeah, how's your TV game these days? You feeling good on – I've always thought you were really good on camera. I appreciate that, man. Yeah, I'm feeling good, you know, just uh, just still getting all the reps, but it's it's been a lot of fun, like, getting more into that world. was always doing it a little bit at Sports Illustrated, but uh, to, to be there at, at CBS, be here at CBS is really, really fun. Yeah, I remember it was just – what five months? Six months ago, we were doing the draft together at Sports Illustrated. That was a. It seems like a decade ago that 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 yeah, night when we were all sitting. Everything that's happened over there. Yeah. Oh, I know, I know. And uh, so I remember just like there were about the best part of the show was when the camera wasn't on us. What we were all saying, <laughs> you know, it's like, uh, <laughs> yeah, that was a good time. But I'm sure we will get to do it again soon. And uh, I really appreciate your time. And I look forward. Uh, let's do this again uh, very soon, bud. Yeah, for sure. I appreciate you. All right, what do you think, Mario? He he disagreed with you. He doesn't think that Jameis Winston is going to stick in Tampa Bay. Are you convinced? No, I'm not. I'm looking at his numbers right now, and it's, I mean, I don't know if he's, he's not improved. I mean, he's thrown, this is the most touchdowns he's thrown in his career. He does this every year. He's He's hot now. It's post out of their playoffs. I mean, they're basically out of the playoffs. 23 picks. 23 picks. He's going to have the most touchdowns he's ever had in a season. He's going to have the most yards he's ever thrown for in a season. So, I mean, you got to give a little to get a little? I, I don't know. Nobody throws picks anymore. Not like that. That's like old school Brett Favre picks. Like, they're like, <laughs> you know, okay. Yeah, he's second in the league in passing yards, by the way. Yeah. Right behind Dak Prescott. But look at the interceptions. You know, Rivers has 15. That's a lot. And that's why Goff has 14. And people are saying it's the worst season, you know, he's had. Matt Ryan has 12. Baker Mayfield has 16. These are guys are all struggling. You can't you can't really have above 15 interceptions. So where do you see him next year? Do you see him backing up somewhere? I see him back in Tampa Bay. Back in Tampa Bay? All right. <laughs> you know, there's all this stuff leaking about, like, uh, the Jason Light and Bruce Arians seem to have a connection to him. Uh, you know, I, I argued in the beginning of the podcast that they can't keep doing this. But I don't know. I, you know, I don't know if they're drafting a guy, if Herbert's around for them, if there's another guy they fall in love with in the draft. I think if Tua was healthier, that would be a real consideration if they thought they could get up there. There is no easy answer. I see. I don't see like a Philip Rivers going there. Like, what's the point? No, of that? no, no. no. So, I mean, like he said, like he said, the only two places that I, I didn't understand the New Orleans that he said that he may go to New Orleans. I mean, I get he's from there, but I feel like it's either Breeze or Teddy next year for them. You mean Rivers? Yeah. Well, uh, Rivers, Orleans, yeah. yeah. He's really from Alabama. I mean, it might be the closest city. South, yeah. Yeah, so, oh, boy. Cam Newton is a possibility in Tampa Bay. That's real. But you Dan, can see, Dan Patrick's been saying uh, the Chargers or the, the Bears, right? Well, there was a like rumor that the Bears wanted him. Uh, yeah, the Chargers certainly, uh, I think Anthony Lynn likes Cam Newton. But, hey, you know, Bruce Arians likes big, tall quarterbacks with strong arms, and mm-hmm. there's... There aren't any bigger or taller quarterbacks than Cam Newton. Uh, Maybe Justin Herbert, maybe Jacob Eason in the draft, too, by the way, out of Washington. So, uh, yeah, it should be fun. Dude, we're going to have so much NFL talk in this offseason. You think so? You think if Tom Brady was not, uh, what if Tom Brady was a free agent? That's the most mind-boggling thing for me. I can't imagine him not in a Patriots uniform. You've never been there for this kind of story. You you weren't here when, when Peyton Manning was on the free agent market. Like, they would have, like, a helicopter schedule would be front page news. You weren't there when Brett Favre was retiring, I'm retiring, picking a new I, team. I was there because it was 2010, was it, with the Jets? I remember it very vaguely. 
But you weren't in the media. No, no, I wasn't in the media. No, yeah. I'm like, in, I'm like two years, three years in the media. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I'm telling you, these stories take over like there's no, nothing. So if you could get Brady out there or Breeze out there, it'd be huge. But you're going to have Tua in the draft. You're going to have, uh, obviously, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert. It's going to be a wild quarterback offseason. I think I think NFL is going to dominate the headlines because the NBA is undoubtedly down this year, in my opinion. Yeah, no, there's nothing. I mean, yeah. nobody, gets into, yeah. nobody gets into it. Yeah, nobody gets into it. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be in June. I think the NFL is going to own the news cycle until till the draft. Really, I think they're number one. No surprise there. We'll be talking about all that on Against the Grain. If you haven't subscribed, please do. Tell your friends. Uh, send a tweet out. Mention Mario in there. What's your Twitter yeah. handle? Mario M-I-R-13. Yeah, that's easy to remember. Yeah. All right, that's Against the Grave for this week. We'll talk to you soon. Against the Grave. Against the Grave.